Hello, and welcome to another episode of Power Half Hour with our amazing guest, Ben Baker. But before I bring Ben up onto the stage, I just want to um, give a shout out to Camaraderie Rescue Mission, who is our sponsor for today's show. Um, actually, Unstoppable Overcomers and Camaraderie uh, Rescue Mission have teamed up, and we are now in the coffee business. So if you uh, are interested in some premier gourmet coffee, coffee, definitely click on the link below and I'll put the link in the comments as well in the chat and uh, get your order today. 50% of all sales go towards um, the rescue mission itself. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's, I'm hurting. It's amazing coffee and I'm waiting for my order. I have an order place. I'm just waiting. <laughs> well, when you get that coffee, send a little my way, would you please? I will do that. So I'm bringing to the stage here, Mr. Ben Baker. I'll just quickly read a little bit about Ben here. Ben has been helping companies and the people within them, um, helping to understand, to codify and, communicate their unique value to others for nearly a quarter of a century. He's the president of Your Brand Marketing, an employee engagement consultancy, author of Powerful Personal Brands, a hands-on guide to understanding yours and leading beyond a crisis, a conversation about what's next, and the host of iHeart and Spotify syndicated Your Living Brand live show with more than 250 episodes behind them. Ben believes that if companies understand, live, and build cultures around their purpose, employees will engage, stay, and want to grow with the company. Wow. I that's say way too, that's way too much. Why don't we just say, here's Ben? It's just a lot easier to say. Normally I do that, but I'm trying different things. I'm beta in different things and as I go along. Normally I say, here's Ben. Ben, tell me about yourself. But some people, I don't know. Some people get offended. Some people, I'm just trying different things out. <laughs> and, I, and I love it. I love it. it. You know, for me, it's just the fact that I look at it and go, okay, as I get older, my bio gets longer and longer and longer. And, and I just look at it and go, it's just Ben. You know, it's just an older version of myself, but it's, it's just me. As you can tell, Ben is an amazing guy. His personality is off the charts. And him and I were talking, we're a little bit late because him and I were talking and I'm like, I didn't want to cut him off. I didn't want to seem rude, but I'm like, man, this is really good stuff that we were talking about. And I hope that we completely remember what we were talking about so that we can bring it on and share it with you amazing people that are watching the show live or that are going to be watching the replay. And so when I first um, was introduced to Ben, Ben, when you talked about uh, company culture and, and, you know, helping people communicate within the company, I was kind of blown away, uh, blown away by that because in a lot of the different companies that I've worked for, the communication is the number one things that go down the toilet. Mm -hmm. And um, most of the time it starts from the top and works its way down. Um, what do you see as, um, well, you're you're the expert here. So, what have you seen over your years in helping different companies? Yeah, I find that communication. The bigger the company, the bigger the problems, and it just happens to be that way. Because when you have more people, you can't just bring everybody into a huddle at the beginning of the day and say, "Hey, here's the challenges. Here's the opportunities. Here's what we're trying to do. I need you to do this. You do this. You do this. Are we all good with this? Anybody got any questions? Great. All right, everybody, go out your way." Tap me on the shoulder if, you're, if there's a problem. You know, 
with if there's 10 people, you can do that. If there's 25 people, you can do that. When there's 10,000, not so much. Right. And the problem is the larger the companies get, the more the companies sit there and say, okay, well, we have to rely on technology. We have to have the Slack channel. We have to have this intranet. We have to have all these different forms and methods of communication. But we end up talking at people, not to people. Yeah. And we sit there and say, you know, the one thing I hear from leaders is, well, I'm telling them things, but they're not understanding it or they're not doing it. And the problem is leaders are not speaking to be understood. They're speaking because they fit there and say, okay, everybody understands exactly what I'm trying to tell them. I'm just saying it. And yeah. we need those feedback loops. And that's where the big problems lie. Yeah. And a lot of leaders, I find they're speaking to be heard, not speaking to listen to what anybody has to say and i'm not saying every company but a lot of the companies that i've run into it's just like i'm the owner you'll do what i say and if not there's the door because there's twenty thousand people that could replace you um do you find that still so much nowadays or well let's take a look at leadership to begin with the one thing that leaders are not trained to do, the majority of leaders, and there are, as you said, there's some great companies yeah. out there. There's great leaders. There's great communicators. There's people that are great coaches and mentors and, and people that inspire people. And I love every single one of them. But a lot of people, when they start a company, they start a company because they like to do X. And there's things that they love to do, and there's things that they hate to do. And as the company grows and becomes more successful, they go... I don't want to do this. So I'm going to offload this, this, and this. And, you know, as they get more, they go, well, okay, I just want to focus on this. And then we're going to bring more people on and more people on and more people on. But they never took a course on leadership. They never took a course on how to li listen, how to communicate, how to empathize, how to motivate, how to inspire, how to coach. And all those skills, people call them the soft skills. I call them the necessary skills are the things that tend to be missing at all different levels of leadership. And it leads to the Peter principle where people are promoted to their highest level of incompetency. You know, because just because you were good at doing a task doesn't mean you're good at communicating to others how to do that task effectively and what needs to happen in order for this thing to be successful. So it's building those different mindsets. What made you a good your know, worker bee doesn't necessarily make you a good manager. What makes you a good manager may not make you a good uh, director. What makes you a good director may not make you a good VP and goes all the way up to the C-suite. So as we get up the, the ladder, we need to acquire new skills and we need to learn how to communicate more effectively at different levels and you know, be able to speak in the language of the people we need to communicate with. So who would be your target um client then like what level what size company do you it could your company serve as well yeah i mean we do two different things we when we're actually getting into the weeds when we're actually rolling up our sleeves and helping companies figuring out why they're not communicating well what the problem is and be able to help them you know build the processes systems and people in order to do it better we're working with companies probably in the 25 to 100 million and probably somewhere between 100 and 500 employees. Now, the second thing that we do is we do for enterprise level clients, which are 1,000 employees and more, probably $100 million and more, we work with them and build internal, private, and secure podcasts. 
So what we will do is everything from the strategy to the hosting to the distribution, be able to build them their own private communication channel and be able to interview people from around the company and various subjects in order to enable people to have a different level of communication, different insights, and hear right from the horse's mouth what's happening, why, and how. Oh, I love that. I never thought about that, of having the inner company podcast type thing. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's becoming more necessary because it's it's a different level of communication mm -hmm. it's 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 one to many it's but you're but you're hearing it directly from the person who who's the information you need to get it from you're not hearing it from the, your manager who heard it from the director who heard it from the vp who heard it from the c-suite and it been you know pieces come missing all the way down all the way down the chain from right. here you're hearing it directly from the person who's actually doing x and you have the ability not only to listen, but also to sit there and say, wait a second here, I have a question about this. Now I can get directly in touch with that person and find out how this affects my job and my department in, you know, in our part of the business. Right, absolutely. So what, what three things have you overcome in your business? Well, let's start off with day one. Uh, day one of my company was January the 5th, 2008. Uh, there's there's the probably the biggest thing that I have overcome in my life. You know, starting a company right in the middle of a recession was probably not the smartest thing that I ever did. But it enabled me to sit there and say, okay, I knew exactly who are the customers that I brought with me. You know, I knew how how to take care of them. I knew why they would take care of me. And we survived and we thrived. And some of them are still customers 14 years later. Um, that's probably the, one of the biggest things I've overcome. Probably the second thing I overcame is, is about nine years ago, I was in a really bad car accident and that led to a brain injury, uh, that led to, uh, some reduced motor skills and some different things and keeping a company alive and building new systems and processes in order to be able to be able to be successful give it the, with the different limitations of, of different skill abilities. So that was number two. Number three, February 2020, I was set to go speak around the world. I had keynotes in Australia, in Europe, the Caribbean, and all through the United States. I had about a year's worth of keynote addresses already set up, and that's what I was going to be doing. And something called COVID came up. And in three days in March in 2020, they were all gone. An entire year's worth of work, gone, canceled, never to be seen again, happened in 72 hours. And I had to refocus. So I think those are probably the big three things that have happened in my life. And what I've learned is you need to be resilient, you need to be adaptable, and you need to be creative. And if you can be all three of those things you can figure out a way of to figure out what's next. I, I, I love that you, well, I don't, I don't love that you actually had to go through that. I mean, I think COVID has hit us all different in all different stages and especially us here in Canada, different. And I know you're Canadian, you're from a different province than I am. Right. You're that, from that Western province, somewhere. The Western either. province. Okay. Yeah, that, that one, the other side of the Rockies that nobody really talks about. I, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure you said you were Canadian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, but and the rest of the world, it's it's funny because when I get to speak with my fellow Canadians, it's like it's like it's heart centered because we you we feel each other's pain. We know what's we know what's been going on that especially the last couple weeks and uh, things like that. And you know it the pandemic took its toll at the beginning, but I think even now we're all COVID fatigued. Um, you know, and I don't know about you, but I would just love to pick everything up and get to an island somewhere by myself in the heat um, and get away from this crap is what I would love to do. But for for yourself, like having to transition and figure something else when you had a whole year's worth of work, a whole year's worth of revenue taken away from you in less than 72 hours, like you said. Um, so I mean, it, it's great that you obviously bounce back because you're still in business and, and things like that. And But you're right, the resiliency of, of mm -hmm. being able to do that and shift. And we, we were talking before we came on here that you were blessed to have a team um, that you works with you um, so that you don't have to do the grunt work like I'm doing right now. And, <laughs> you know, but that's okay. Everything's growing pains. And, you know, the the you have to start somewhere in order to be great. So, you know, as long as you're starting and you keep putting one foot in front of the other, right. That that's the whole point. But, um, how has your team been affected by the, by COVID, I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, the, the comment that I use for everybody is treading water is not drowning. So if you're treading water, you're, saving energy, you're staying in one place, you're looking around, you're looking for different opportunities, and then you start swimming when, A, you have the strength to do it, and you know where you're going. Uh, but if you don't know where you're going and you just start swimming, sooner or later you're going to drown. Yeah. So the last couple of years for my teams, and, and, you know, and I work with different companies and have different partners and stuff like that, is all about sitting there going, okay, what do we need to do what do we want to do? And where's the Delta? Yeah, we have all these things that are aspirations. We have all these things that we'd like to do and all these projects and all that kind of stuff. But the question is, what do we need to do in order to make sure that the business both survives and is going to survive long term? Yeah. And that meant that certain projects got put on hold. And it's, you know, it was being able to say to people, well, it's not that I'm saying no, I'm saying not now. And the reason I'm saying not now is it's not because I think it's a bad idea. I just think that we just don't have the bandwidth, the capital, the ability to do this right now. And the more you can communicate with your teams mm -hmm. and be able to sit there and not just say no, but no, because this is why this mm -hmm. is what we're trying to achieve. This is what we want to do long term. We want to make sure that we're still a team two, three, four five years down the road excuse me, and be able to survive this together. So therefore, we all need to take a little bit of a pinch now. You know, tighten our belts a little bit in order to make sure we're all going to survive this together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when everybody sees that everybody is sacrificing the same and everybody's working together and everybody's meeting the new sets of objectives, then it gives people a, a purpose because they say, all right, we made it through this. Now we can celebrate. Now we can start loosening up the purse a little bit. We could try this project. Okay, well, that worked great. Now we can try this project. Mm 
So it's a matter of sitting there going, what are our short, medium, and long-term objectives, and how are we going to reach them? Right. I love that. I love that. And the fact, you know, that it's just all about pivoting, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the communication. Because if you wouldn't have had that communication with your people, you know, things would have gone a lot differently, I'm sure. Very um, much so. You know. Would have lo lost a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and good for you for, well, that's your business. You recognize that where others wouldn't, but I mean, um, you know, it, it, and sometimes like the saying, it takes a village. I, I truly believe that because I mean, with any great company, um, I believe your company is only as good as what the leader will, uh, how about as good as the leader is. And then, you know, um, unless you have some amazing people that can continue to go on without that. But usually it, it starts at the top and good for you for uh, being that leader that your company needs. And welcome Kenny D. Connection invite. Okay. I will connect you with Ben for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Kenny D's from Tex, the great state of Texas. Ah, Mr. Love Mr. Texans. Warm. <laughs> Warm. There we go. <laughs> So I'll definitely connect you after the show. Um, so what three things you help your, you probably already answer, answered the question, but what three things you help your um, clients overcome? You know, the things I helped my, my clients overcome was first of all, fear of change. You know, the COVID long, long before COVID people have been scared of change. You know, people are always scared about what they don't understand what they don't see the outcome and they don't understand what the goals are. And when you can help them understand what are the goals and how do we, how do we innovate backwards? How do we sit there and say, okay, here's where we want to go. Here's where we are. How do we build a bridge? And that's probably the number one thing that I help my clients do is to sit there and say, this is what we want to look like in five years. If you rubbed a, a, a genie lamp and said, okay, in five years, this is what we want to have happen. That's great. Those aspirations are wonderful and we need to write them down and codify them, but you need to build a plan of how do we get from where we are to where we want to go? And that's a step-by-step -step process. And that's mm -hmm. probably the number one thing I help clients do. Number two, it's, it's enabling them to communicate better and communicate more effectively and getting them to understand that communication is not a one-way dictum, but it's a two-way conversation. And when you can get people to understand that, you know, that it's a two-way conversation, life is better. The third thing I help people to do is how to lead better, especially in the time of COVID. When you're dealing with teams where all of a sudden you're used to having a team in front of you. You had 20, 30, 50, 100 people that were right in front of you at any given time. You could walk around. You could you could check in on people. You could have water cooler conversations. You could grab somebody at the side, take them to the staff room, have a cup of coffee, whatever. All that is gone. So the question is, how do you build that level of trust, that level of communication, that level, level of uh, creativity now that people aren't in front of you? And the problem is a lot of companies have gone to, if I can't see you, I can't trust you. And I need to get people beyond that viewpoint and get people to sit there and say, look, you need to set realistic expectations, not only for your people, but what your people can expect of you. And if you can set expectations on both sides of the fence, you can have true accountability. Yeah. But that those expectations have got to be sitting there going, look, as, as a team member, this is what I expect of you. 
But as as your leader, this is what you can expect of me in return. And it's almost got to be like a contract. And it's got to be written out. It's got to be codified. And it's got to be agreed to by everybody. And if you can agree to that, accountability is easy. Yeah, I love that. And Mr. Kenny says, savor the flavor of awesomeness in you, sir, for sharing your delectable thoughts with us today. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. I appreciate that. <laughs> He's awesome. I love Kenny. Uh, yes, and I, I love every part of that, you know, um, definitely, especially helping a company uh, overcome the fear of change. You know, because I mean, we've had a lot of it um, and actually some people thrive on it and some people are very fearful of it and it just depends. And I think if you go into business, um, you definitely are not um, one to shy away from risk or fear, hopefully. <laughs> um, but there are still like when you go into business, you, you just never know. It's one of those things that, yeah. And if you don't pivot in your business, if you don't do what your client is looking for you to do, they'll get somebody else. So it's staying on top of those trends, staying on top of those, you know, what your client really wants and needs. And sometimes you outgrow your client. And but and sometimes also not always a bad thing either. Um the problem you know? with a lot of companies is that people get comfortable and complacent. Yes. They sit there and say, okay, I'm a million-dollar business. I've got five employees. Life is good. Business is coming in. I'm pulling in X number of thousand dollars a year. I've got a nice house. I've got a nice car. Why push it? Why push it? Why should I risk it? Why should I get 10 employees? Why should I get, you know... Why should I get another 50 clients? Why should I go and do all these things? Why should I get a bigger office space and, and more phone lines and more health insurance and, and an HR department and a marketing department, sales department, and all these things? Because, you know, do I really want to go there? And companies have to decide that on their own. Some companies, it's absolutely, I'm in, let's go, giddy up. You know, we, we want to be at that next level. Yeah. Some people have to realize and say, you know what? This is a lifestyle business and I'm going to ride this thing out for the next five or 10 years. Mm -hmm. And in 10 years, 15 years, whatever, I'm either going to hopefully sell it to somebody inside the company or I'm going to shut it down. Yeah. And every owner of every business has to decide who they are and who they really want to be and decide what their business is going to be based on that. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting that you said that because, um, for the show I've taken on for the unstoppable overcomer show, I've taken on a business partner. Mm -hmm. Um, and because I realized quickly that yes, I could do it by myself, but I'm one person mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, it to, um, help more people. It was to help more people was my, has always been my number one objective, right? Right. To make sure that people's stories are shared and this, this was born out of the thought, okay, you know, I want to showcase and highlight amazing business owners that are unstoppable, that no matter what, like you're completely unstoppable, Ben, like you had a year's worth of stuff wiped out in 72 hours, but you learned to repivot and bounce back. You know, that is unstoppable. That is like somebody you definitely want in your branding for sure. <laughs> and in your, in your business communicating and a, a and that's why there's um it's so great to have companies like your like your company because maybe you don't want to take that on in your company you know mm -hmm. maybe you could probably hire somebody to take on what you do but why 
when you can just outsource it, uh, mm -hmm. you're not on their payroll, but yet you are part of their team and part of their company, making it successful. And right, Kenny says here, delegation. <laughs> um, but that's why, you know, it's in people's best interest to hire your, your company because you have years of experience right there. And instead of reinventing the wheel, you know, just hire Ben and Ben will get it done. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of people realizing that hiring fractional people, whether it's a, a CMO, a, a chief marketing officer, a chief sales officer, a chief revenue officer, a chief financial officer, they can't afford the two hundred fifty to $500,000 it costs to bring the person in the house. And quite honestly, they can't justify it. Right. But if I, people can use me five hours a week, 15 hours a month, and I can help them if I can help ramp them up far quicker because I can sit there and go, you know what? For the 25 or 30 years, I've seen this a hundred times. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a way, here's where the here's where the pitfall is. This is where the hole is. This is how you fill it halfway full of sand so you can stand up a little more so you can reach the top. That's going to help somebody that's going to amplify their business. Right. And they might be able to afford me for $5,000 a month but certainly not for $30,000 a month. Right. And if we can help, you know, five or six businesses by doing that, it allows those businesses to not only to survive, but to thrive. And there's lots of people out there doing those sort of things. It's being able to connect yourself up with the people that are right for you. Right. And it's, it's, it's about trust. It's about relationship. It's having people that ask you the intelligent questions mm -hmm. that want to understand your business first and are not making assumptions about, well, all businesses act this way because all businesses don't. Your business acts a certain way and those people need to understand how your business works to help you solve your problems. Right, exactly. I uh, just want to say thank you to Carrie. Um, such a great discussion. Ben, thanks for sharing your knowledge, wisdom, and insight. Thanks, Carrie. Appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, I, I just want to... Um, you know, thank you again for coming on. This has been so enlightening. Every time I talk with you, it's like we're best friends. <laughs> and um, and like I said, uh, coming on before the, I forget exactly what we were talking about before, but I know I hit it, but I can't remember exactly yeah, what it we was. Did, we did hit everything. We absolutely did. We hit everything. But I mean, it's it's just a pleasure to talk with you, Ben. And it's, it's great to have our guests here on the show. And it's, it's been fabulous to um, to know that there are companies out there like yours that, um, you know, help bridge that communication and help. That's our first meeting. You said you help bridge the gap in communication between even departments. Mm -hmm. And that's what I loved because yes, you can have your management team, you can have your sales team, you can have your marketing team and your accounting team. And then the people out on the floor and some, some of those um, employees can get upset with each other, um, especially when there is no communication. So I love the fact that you marry the company together, that you bring all communications together so that everybody feels like they're on a same playing field. Well, that's, that's important. It, it's so important that everybody sits there and goes, it's not my turf versus your turf. It's not my budget versus your department. It's not my projects versus your projects. It's how are we helping the company succeed and how are we taking care of the customers? Right. And, you know, perfect example is just like you look at the things that the shipping department and the receiving department, 
and the shipping department sends it from one warehouse to another to a different warehouse where it's going to be you know um, picked up and put on a skid somewhere and they put 32 boxes on a skid because it's easier for them that's the easiest way for them to shrink wrap them they put them onto the truck and send them off but the problem is when you get to the other side the rack only allows for four rows of, of boxes, not five rows of boxes. So every single skid has to be unpacked. You know, they needs to be re reskidded before they can be put up on uh, up into the warehouse. Right. Well, how inefficient is that? A fifteen minute conversation between the shipping and the receiving departments yeah. would be able to solve that problem, and it would solve hundreds, if not thousands, of hours worth of wasted time and wasted money inside a company with a simple 10 minute conversation. And those are the things that companies need to think about. Where are the little pitfalls that are happening within your company that are causing major strain and stress and animosity between departments? Right. I, I love that. Again, thank you so much for being on. Do you have any, and we're getting to the top of the half hour here, any last things? Oh, where can people buy your book? First of all, Okay, my book can be bought on Amazon. There's two books. There's Powerful Personal Brands, A Hands-On Guide to Understanding Yours. Mm -hmm. And the second book is Leading Beyond a Crisis, A Conversation About What's Next. They're both available through Amazon. Uh, you just search Ben Baker on Amazon. My book should, should probably uh, come up. But if you go to yourbrandmarketing.com backslash ebooks. So if you go to my ebooks ebooks page, what you'll do is you'll get a free chapter of each one of my books. There's no paywall. And if you scroll down, there's about six or eight different eBooks that I've written that people can just grab and, and, and go with and talks, talks on a whole bunch of different subjects, everything from branding to how to survive the, uh, the great resignation. I love that. I love that. And all, all Ben's contact information is in the show notes. So definitely, if you wanted to contact with Ben, just definitely reach out to him. I put his website up there and I believe I put his, I think I put your link to LinkedIn up there too. For there you. we go. Hope so. Uh, yeah. If not, I'll put it in the comments for sure. I'll definitely do that after the show. And Ben, it's just been such a pleasure having you here. And uh, with that, folks, we'll see you next Wednesday. And don't forget to be unstoppable. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us.